Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0. I am Swan, one of the Chihuahua Bats. There's actually two crazy bats, and my partner in crime, Mala, is actually with her family. It's, it's Thanksgiving, so she's celebrating with her family, and she and I will collaborate and get back after the holidays. But we are both retired educators, 30 years in the public classroom, and we survived and lived to tell about it. And when we retired, we pursued our passions. And for Mala, she's an incredible artist. She does oil painting with a palette knife, mind you, and she's really quite good. She exhibits uh, in art museums. And then for me, I chose advocacy, and there's there's a really good reason why. I kind of wanted to be the voice for those still in the classroom. I wanted to be able to bring up issues, talk about issues that probably, if you're employed by a school district, you really shouldn't go on social media and say anything <laughs> about that. So I can be the bad guy. I can be the voice. Um, to say, hey, what's going on? And I'm really passionate about advocacy because about 12 years into my teaching career, I found myself in a horrendous, unbelievable situation. I say this all the time, but I cannot impress upon you how true it is that never say never. When you someone asks you to do something and you're like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me, and they're not, um, just know that uh, the solution is going to be up to you. So five-year period, couldn't believe I was asked to teach. Mine was a, a physical environment, which was just unbelievable. And um, I, I knew I had a choice. I could, you know, whine and complain, go to the lounge, or I could step up and be part of the solution. And, and I'm glad I did. So I wrote a book about this in order to tell teachers, but really anybody, um, at some point in your career, you're gonna be faced with a horrible, horrible, chaotic situation. And when that happens, um, success is gonna be up to you. So, Memoir of Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on my webpage at chihuahuabat.com or Amazon. So today I'm, I'm excited because I'm back in the studio. I've been away for a while and I'm reconnecting with friends and colleagues in the classroom. And today I'm excited because I'm actually related to this teacher. <laughs> she she's my niece, so I want to say hey and welcome to Megan. Hello. Hello. All right. And so we're gonna. Um, you've been in the profession ten years, so we're gonna kind of start at the beginning, and I'm gonna say, why teaching? Um, I think probably I chose teaching like any other good quality teacher does because they had a teacher in their life who made a huge impact right. and um, mine was Anna Bryan mm -hmm. at um, my high school she was our back then it was home economics and now it's family consumer science right and so I really had no clue what I wanted to do and then when I realized that that was an actual job that I could do and um, I enjoyed all the parts of teaching that come with home economics so I went that route and I credit all of my education to her so awesome I, I like that you're crediting another teacher okay so you make a decision to teach you go to school you, you know you prep for that uh, and then you go into student teaching so let, let's talk about that experience because it's a little bit different yeah and <laughs> let's just talk about first of all you can't prep for student teaching or teaching by doing the classes in college like even just observations, I think now they're getting that more and more. They're figuring that out and putting um, teachers um, in the classroom a lot earlier to get that experience. And so I'm glad they're doing that. But back 
when I was going through school, you couldn't prep for it. So when I went to student teaching, I um, was going to Texas Tech, but couldn't afford to live and pay for school and not work while full-time student teaching. So I had to um, relocate and I was in a bigger district in South Texas. And um, it was a very interesting experience. It was a teacher who'd been there for years. Okay. Um, she is great and I am still friends with her to this day. Right. Um, but she was having some kind of personal thing. She had had an injury and um, had to miss a lot. And so I really, truthfully, she had picked up a new class and had no curriculum. And that's the one she let me go on. <laughs> she said, hey, this is all you. And so um, I pretty much was way. on my own. And it was sink or swim. And I had to, I mean, I fought. So, yeah. and I made it through. But it was, it was pretty much, yeah, I was by myself most of the time. And I, Not even fine. then, even then, you right. know, it was 11 years ago. Right hurt my feelings a little bit that she missed the last few days of my student teaching. She wasn't there. And so um, I packed up and left and (laughs) it was kind of like the end. Yeah. And, and I, I remember we communicated a little bit in that time and I was just blown away at at the situation you were in. And and I also realized that admin had no idea. Oh yeah. I don't think so. Um, And that's a slippery slope. We were in a completely separate building. And so I never even, Right. saw the main building except for um mm-hmm. just occasionally going in there for right. stuff in the copy room right. which they had like a um so it was a little work area uh, a copy room that was run by like aides and so you dropped off what you wanted right. and filled out your order form and yeah they delivered your copies to you <laughs> so that was a completely different experience as well because yes. when I go to to other schools, I have never to this day, except one elementary school that I worked in, seen that. So, yeah. I, I also had a situation like that. I was in, in a big district. Yeah. But that, when I finished, it was like all on me. So, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. So, well, I want to say that um, a lot of the people I talked to had very non traditional student teaching experiences. And when you're standing in it, it's very frustrating. And and there you are, like you say, you really can't prep for this. You can take all those college courses you want, but until you're in the classroom with all those little darlings over and over again, you don't know. You know what I mean? The science of it, yeah, you can teach, but the real art of it, yeah, you just gotta learn is trial and error. So that so that's hard. But um, so it's not fun when you're standing in it and you're insecure. Yeah. Because you're not sure what to do. I was 21, well, so I had no clue. No, no. Well, I went to student teaching back in the dark ages. So talk about, you know, because my student teaching was like 1978. And, um, and I walked in to student teach, given directions that I was not to touch or be around the kids for two weeks. I was to observe, you know, go find the principals and counselors, you know, find all your resources. Those, you know, those were my guidelines. And I walked in day one and my cooperating teacher said, okay, here's Senorita Hyatt. She's going to teach. I mean, I had no clue. And, and I remember standing there going, thank God it was Spanish one. Thank God it was time and dates. I knew that like the back of my hand because if they'd thrown subjunctive at me, I would have been, oh dear, here we go. And I just literally stood up and did it. And then when I sat down, I just started trembling. 
<laughs> and that was mine. It's very yeah. similar, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, she threw you in, and you were like, okay. And I remember thinking, uh, I was just so blown away. And then after it was all over, you know, years down the road, I was kind of grateful for that experience because I started out as you making up the rules. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly, what, that's yeah. exactly how I feel. I mean, and I had a weird situation anyway because I was student teaching in the fall. That's right. So I started the very first day with them, yeah. turned 22. <laughs> and, um, it was it was strange because it wasn't the normal Right. Like experiences that my friends had had. Yeah, no, so I, I couldn't relate to their stories of springtime and testing and mm-hmm. all because we were high school. So all right. I had no nothing to relate to. I was kind of out there on my own. Yeah. And then it truly she was like, Okay, this is this is it. We taught um three different preps mm-hmm. and one of the preps was double blocked because it was a practicum course where students themselves were learning how to be teachers. So oh, there you go. They, we were <laughs> yeah. off observing them. So we would leave campus all the time to go right. and observe our teachers, our student teachers, student right. teacher and student teachers, yeah. um, off at their elementary campuses. And so she really, like, wouldn't let me do any of that. I mean, I would go with her and I would observe with her. Right. And she would share her rubrics and tell me what she was looking for. Okay. But really, that wasn't something that I could eventually take over like you it, normally yeah, do. In it, yeah. Teaching. And it's we had those kiddos. They came to campus one day a week. And so I did the in-class part. Right. But like all the observations, she would ask me questions like, did you see this in the, that mm-hmm. student's work? Did you when they were teaching their lesson? Right. And um, so it was kind of weird to like do the process that was actually being processed on myself as well. True. Um, so it <laughs> yeah. was, um, I didn't get to really take over that class, but I got to observe a lot. And then the one class was brand new and we, I say we, I you did, did everything. You did it all. And, um, I had, there was no textbook. There was no curriculum. Oh, I had the tanks and yep. that was, that was it. Yeah. And I so. Yeah, I called you a lot. Well, I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do. What to like, do? I was throwing out some um, programs. I didn't know if you had yeah. access to or not. And um, it's not a fun way, but it's, no. in the end, it's almost. And the then best we thing. also um, yeah. had student council. Yeah, the, I remember that <laughs> took up a ton that of time. That was really what I think we spent most of our time doing. Absolutely. Doing. In but, the fall. Yeah, yeah, in the fall, we put on the homecoming dance. Yeah. We, I mean, and this is where it gets, I think, a little. Um, interesting is because the relationship that she has with those students mm-hmm. is a little blurred because Uh-oh. they have to content. yes like phone numbers and she's mm-hmm. also really close to their parents um, mm-hmm. for student council but like I remember and I had um, like a mini heart attack we were transporting um uh, great columns yes. from the school to the site where we were having the homecoming dance right. and she was like oh yeah just go with this kid in his car and I was like what wait first this kid is driving and you want me to go in the car with him wow. and she was like yeah it'll be fine and I was like what do you do you're, you know, you're yeah she's my just, superior she's, she's telling me it's fine go like he needs an adult deal. there when he goes and I was like well do I just drive myself and I think in hindsight I probably should have driven myself but no right. he drove and I was went in his truck and so this 18 year old kid wow. um and Good. so I think that um was a, a little, little scary yeah and a yeah. little bit um yeah it, that's 
but it's different. I don't know how to explain. And like, you know, that when you right. have clubs and yeah. extracurriculars, you are, it is different. It is. You are closer to those kids. I know I, I did UIL and, and I was allowed to have their phone numbers and we were allowed mm-hmm. to communicate, you know, but it was stressed that it only about the events, but you know, every every now and then somebody will say, well, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. So then you're saying, you know, happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. And then there are parents that will go, well, I don't know, that's crossing the line. So, it, you know, it's real difficult when, yeah. when you do. So I agree. But I, yeah. truthfully, looking back now, I think then I was a little put off because I was having to do a lot of work. And I was still taking some other college courses. Yeah. And I would it go straight. I would go straight from teaching to school at, in the evenings and yeah. um, on opposite sides of the city, city and of traffic is terrible, but yes. um, I had some really great um, fellow students in that class. I was taking geology and um, I really appreciate all of their <laughs> kindness and generosity <laughs> and how much they helped me. Because yes. I always do, but I say a breakfast grill yes. because you can't do it by yourself. Um, wow. But I really, looking back, I appreciate the experience I had student teaching, though, because I basically had done my first year of teaching. You really have. And I mean, yeah. first semester, but I, it prepared me for what came when I took over my own classroom Absolutely. because I already knew. It was like they, they could throw things at you and yeah. you were a little better prepared. Yeah. yeah. I did feel pressure, though, to yes. be involved in all the things. Like, don't be a no person. Do all the things. Say yes. Like, say yes. Say yes. And I kind of so, want to address that because as a veteran teacher, I saw many a young teacher come in and the principals couldn't wait. They were salivating mm-hmm. because, you know, the ones that had been in it a while were kind of like, no, I'm not doing that again, kind of thing. Yeah. And so they love the young teachers. You're enthusiastic. You're younger, obviously. And you're like, and sometimes they're stipends, and you're like, yeah, I'll take that money. And they're just pile it, pile it on. And I said, that's the worst thing you can do because it's yeah. so hard to get your, you know, your feet and your classroom management skills settled. And the last thing you need is to be jerked here, jerked there. And yeah. those, a lot of those events, they go late at night. So who's going to go home and grade all those papers and write, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I really think it's, it's dangerous. It and I, I tell new teachers, say yes to one, but don't feel like you have to say yes to yeah. all of them. Yeah, but that does happen. It does. Okay, so student teaching, different experience. So now we go into year one. And this is typically a very tough year. So, and again, you had an, an interesting year. So yeah. let's, let's visit about that a little bit. Because I think there's a lesson here. Yes. So I went from one large district to another large district in the same area. Right. And um, I was teaching an elective. And if you know anything about electives, we get numbers that are much, much larger than any other core class. Um, Sure, because core classes were tested. Yes, and were protected. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Not the elective. I didn't realize as a first-year teacher that I could say, like, I have 40 kids in my class and no help, and half of them are sped. Yes. And that's not right. Exactly. (laughs) Until someone told me later that year. That you could say That I could say that, yes. And they don't advertise that, that there are rules and regulations and things that you can invoke as a teacher if you don't feel safe and right um and that's the most important part yeah stressed yes and um so i did i had three different preps um 
and one of them was uh, included a cooking lab. And so I would be at five o'clock in the morning at HEB shopping for our groceries for yes. labs Yes. Um, on the way to school. And I mean, I was prepared for all of that. I knew all of that. Right. I knew it was coming, but it's time consuming and exhausting. And then yes. when I had kids thir- at 38, I think 30, 40, and a lot of sped kids, no, no, no TAs, no help. Wow. I did ask my principal for help. I said, I'm drowning. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Right. Um, the kids knew I was a first year teacher. I was they 22. Took advantage of that. Yes. Um, I was, I turned 23 while I was teaching yeah. that year. And, um, I mean, I had kids that were 19 in my Absolutely. class. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. they knew I was young. They knew it. And so yeah. they tried to take advantage. And there were days, I won't even lie, where there was some game, I can't remember what it was on the phone, um, that they were all obsessed with at that time. And there were days where I just, I didn't know what to do. So I sat down and I would play the game with them. A little free time. And it was the only way I could keep, like, order and control in my Absolutely. classroom was, hey, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to play this game. Right. And then I need you to come back with me to whatever we're doing. That's that's doable. Yeah. I had a girl set my uh, classroom on fire. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Because while I'm managing different areas of the classroom. Populations. Yeah. It was just crazy. And I had no, I I mean, I had very little experience one semester. Yeah. So I was drowning and I was lost. And I think yeah. it's, yeah. Um, I was creating all of my own curriculum. Quite too um, much it was too you. much. And You're then I was involved much. in an extracurricular um, as a third person originally, mm-hmm. but then one of the main people left in like October. So, so then are. I became one of the main people oh, and gosh. we had a state representative or maybe region. I think regional. Okay. I don't think state. Um, but so we were in charge of a lot of things with our representative and my other person, she was in charge of a whole, um, fine arts program at the school. And so she had a lot of responsibilities. So there was, you were basically doing it. Yeah. A lot of times where I was by myself doing something, um, and one event in particular that we like hosted for the region. And I don't remember, I don't remember why she wasn't there. I don't know if it had something to do with her program or, but I was freaking out. I had no clue what to do. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, with that Uh came those same kind of blurred lines of, I had a lot of phone numbers and right. students um, contacting me yes. and what do I do? Where do I go? Yeah. And, um, we went to every football game and so we had to, um, coordinate buses and things oh, like that incredible. and getting all the kids on and like getting everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. it was, yeah. it ended up that a male student that was not in my class he, um, I thought it was because there was a girl in my class that he liked. And it turns out there was, it just wasn't one of the students. Okay. Um, but he ended up finding my phone number and he had, uh, been texting me right. and I had at the very beginning, I was like, stop texting me. Don't text right. me. Do not give my number to anybody. Do not text right. me. Do not text me. Yes. And then there was one time he texted me about a football team. 
and it was his favorite football team, and they were they won the Super Bowl. Right. And um, another student had seen that on my phone. And because they used to pick up, well, they do this all the time. They yeah. still do it. Um, you leave your phone, and they pick it up, and they take selfies on it, and they leave it there. Yeah, you know, you, they can't get yeah. into it, but they I can know. get to the camera. Right, right, right. And so they do that. And um, I just do it with my iPad, and I pick it up and go, "Oh, where did these pictures yeah, so come from?" Yeah. But um, uh, that student went to another teacher and said that there was something going on between me and this student, and there was not. And no, was, you knew um, better. No, yeah. yeah, and so. Yeah. I had a cooperating teacher. Yes. Uh, not cooperating. What a mentor, mentor, I guess. And yes. she was going through some personal things. And I think she was really hurt um, yeah. in her personal life. Yes. And I don't. Instead of supporting you. I, right? I did not feel supported. I yeah. We originally started out, I think, really good friends. And then yes. all this stuff started happening. And she yeah. kept. I was drowning. I was lost. Right. And her method of dealing with things in her own life was fake it till you make it. Oh, wow. And she kept telling me, fake it till you make it. And I finally turned around and I was like, if you tell me that one more time, like, I'm going to like scream in your face because it's not working. I can't, like, right. I'm, I'm not making it. No, and I can't say anything. And yeah. we had a whole like little powwow, but, um, I think, Almost breaks my heart. I hear this all the time. Yeah, it was hard. I wasn't supported. And then that student went to the teacher and told her that we, that student, male mm-hmm. student and I had a something going on. And it went into like. It got over. Yeah, yeah it right. got sent into the principal. The principal called me in and I was like, there's absolutely nothing going on. Like. Um, not this way. No. And yeah. he, this, they talked to the student. They talked to me. Yeah. Um, it went, you know, they, the principal told me, well, you can resign before you get fired. And I called you. Exactly. And I, I felt so bad that I didn't know sooner, but you didn't know where it was I, going. I was like, I have to, I have to quit. I have to, I have to resign. No. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I want to say, this is important. And, and I want to jump in here because I have seen this happen to all kinds of educators, not just new. I've seen veteran awesome teachers lives ruined because someone said something was going on it's not founded in evidence or data but in this day and age if someone says you did it you might as well have done it because it's not going to be bode well and so when when i heard that i was like oh hell no so we took the legal route yes i um <laughs> which i'm so glad you did i wish i don't know <laughs> At the time, I'd have sent him in with the principal, but, you know, yes. that's okay. I um, yeah. retained counsel. Yes. I got a lawyer who um, so, <laughs> loved no. her. She's wonderful. Yes, she is. I, I, it's very expensive. I had to cash in savings bonds and things, yeah. like, from my grandparents and yeah. um, stuff like that just to right. get her. But she knew that I had a case that would win. She did. And we fought the district. And this is a huge district. It's huge. And going in, she's like, okay, we're fighting huge. sharks, but I'm a barracuda. And yeah. I was like, yes. And so yeah. when there's an investigation, they put you on. I was on paid administrative leave. There you go. And, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's embarrassing to talk about because nobody, not a lot of people know, but um, when yeah. all of that was happening, it was yeah. like, I, I like I did not do anything other than 
right, have responded to this boy when he said my team won and I said, congratulations, like, I'm yeah. so happy for you. That's great. Like, who knew? <laughs> yeah, who knew who could? <laughs> Just that. That, right? It, admittedly, yes, right. he should not have had my number. I should have told the right. principal this kid is contacting me and I told him not to. He still is. Um, but I thought I could handle it on my own. Well, right. And there you are, a brand new teacher. They don't sit I down and say all these other, other yeah, things. Nobody's helping you, supporting you. Again, they're putting more on your plate. Yeah, they. I had asked for help. I wasn't getting it, so right. I just figured, you know, I figured everything else out on my own. I'll figure this out. Right. But um, sometimes that's easier and faster. With my lawyer. Yes. She told the district mm -hmm. she will not like. I mean, we fought and we won. Right. So what happened was we ended up in a situation where I could resign at the end of the year, just yep. like normal, like, yep. and, um, Record the way not. that I won, and you yeah. know that I won, is they paid me out through my entire contract. They did. And all your benefits and all everything. Because they knew. Yes. yes. And the only thing that they said was that I was not allowed to bring further litigation against them because they knew I had another case. Yes, they did. And yeah, they uh, could have won twice. Yes. And they did not want anything further to happen because it cost a lot of money. It did. And so um, with that, yes. I had thought maybe I don't I, it's, this, right? maybe it's time for a change. Like I'll look in a different direction. Where where else should I go? Right. What should I do? The right. day I applied to go back to school, yes. I got a phone call from a principal where I had done some student observations during my college time and he said, Yes. I know you didn't apply, but are you looking for a job? And I thought it this must be divine intervention. Yeah. Because I, I am looking for, for a job. Actually. And this was happened to be late July and I did a phone interview with him and the associate principal okay. and that following, it was like on a Wednesday, that following Monday, I reported back to a much smaller district where I had gone to school Good. and 10 years later, well, nine, I guess. I'm still here. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. But you also changed directions because you left the classroom and now what you did. I'm a middle school counselor now. Yeah. yeah. What made you go into counseling? Um, so I think counseling for failing consumer science teachers is kind of a natural progression. Um, we spend most of our time in elective classes creating relationships yes. because yes. we have the time to we're able to do that right. and we're not you know freaking out about curriculum that has to be tested and yeah. um we don't have i mean we have our own stress yes but we don't have nearly the stress that right, right. tested subjects do right and we kind of have a little bit more freedom with what we're teaching uh -huh. um, we're left alone a little bit more <laughs> we should be sometimes yeah, so, yeah sometimes yeah. more than we should be right um but, like, I was the only one who taught my preps at my school. So, I mean, I collaborated with my other FCS teachers, and um, all of my friends are wonderful, and I love all of them. Right. Um, but, yeah, we didn't get, like, PLC periods. Oh, no. We had one conference. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. we, I mean, I, I started teaching a counseling and mental health class. I started it for the district, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I'd always been interested in that when I was younger. I was always my friend's problem solver. They would come oh, to me with the problems, yeah. and I would fix them. And yeah. um, So it was kind of something I'd always thought about, but I didn't really 
want to do the psychology route in school because yeah. it doesn't really amount to anything. You have to always go further. True. And so I didn't want to leave education altogether. I really enjoy the um, career planning aspect of like, or even like college, just helping kids figure out their next steps. And so, and a lot of times parents don't know either. No. Yeah. Well, it's not an easy Until they get there and they go through it with them. So they, right. um, I yeah. decided that school counseling would probably be my best route. Right. And here I am. It's a little bit different than I anticipated. <laughs> I was going to say, comparing classroom to counseling, what's the main difference? Um, I think I know, but I don't want to hear anything. Main difference. So when I was teaching right as I, I taught a CTE course right. so I knew that CTE had to be represented in every ARD yes I knew that true but I had no clue I mean I knew I had 504 like an IEP accommodations that I had to follow oh, yeah. but I never really thought about how those got implemented <laughs> and then when I became a counselor realized oh it's, oh, that's me. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, okay. So that's a big difference. There. Yeah. The paperwork, I think, is really the answer. Paperwork. True. And I, uh, people have often said the word counseling is sometimes not the best word anymore with testing because sometimes you become just really testing administrators more so than yes. working with kids one on one. I mean, that's how big your, your district is. Um, okay. So I want to, um, talk to you a little bit about we had a conversation early on about you're seeing a lot of suicides mm -hmm. or kids depression and so what do you think is driving it? It seems like the numbers are way up. So I think um, I mean even when I first started so this is my fourth year as a school counselor and I started in elementary mm -hmm. even in elementary we saw I mean I did suicide assessments that's part of my job Yeah. and um, I mean Blown there away, were, just blown away. Yeah, right? yeah, little kids. I mean, third grade was my very first one. <sighs> and it was, um, yeah. and then I had a second grader that same year. It was yeah. a, a true suicidal ideation, not just like, you know, offhand remarks like, yeah. I want to kill myself. Right. It was very serious, like yes. true depression. And you could see they wanted to that they, them. yeah, that they needed wow. help. And so, um, are families aware of this? No, and that's the nah, thing is a yeah. lot of times the, the parents don't realize that something is happening yes. um, until you, I mean, they kind of have bits and pieces and then mm -hmm. I, I come in as like the connector. Right. And they're like, oh, I just kind of thought that was Hard normal. Yeah, yeah yes. for them to kind of want more privacy. Oh, and it okay. is. It yeah, is. yeah, it can be. But, you know, also when they're withdrawing and they don't want to be a part of anything and they're yes. hiding in their hoodies and they're yes. um, hiding behind closed doors and screens. And I think truly yeah. that yeah. that is what we have to attribute to higher numbers is awesome. screen time and yes. social media. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's always been an issue in the age range that in adolescence, suicide has always been one of the leading causes of death for them. Right. But I, it, the numbers have just skyrocketed with the implementation of mm -hmm. apps and social yeah. media. Yeah. And that's what I... Well, just think about TikTok. Well, yeah. yeah and think. TikTok trends and challenges. Yes. And it's like, oh, um, yeah. that's we've seen one this year. It's like um, how many years would you have been gone if you had completed your suicide attempt? 
Yeah. And we have kids coming in every day. Did you did you see this kid posted this? And I'm like, no, I don't follow children on social media. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Well, yeah, we can yeah. address it now. And um, wow. it's ever since we oh, have my district was different because we did shut down in March of 2020 with everybody else. For the pandemic. Yeah, for co- coronavirus. And um, I think that exists for Yes. Now, my district was one of the largest districts Uh to open completely in August of 2020. We went back to school like normal. We did face to face with masks. Right. Um, We did have a virtual option for those who did not um, feel feel safe or had, you know, underlying cause health causes that right. you know prevented them from being around other children okay and um it was really hard as yes. a counselor and middle school because i'd moved to middle school scheduling i was doing multiple schedule schedule changes oh, every yeah. single day oh yeah trying to keep up with this kid's on quarantine without telling teachers this kid's so on quarantine, quarantine. yeah that's like, a violation yes. of HIPAA. yes um and saying you know, there yeah. were kids who were just, oh, I'm not coming to school today. I'm going to be virtual. And their parents would call and say, oh, my son's going to be virtual. But they wouldn't say it's just today. And so you would switch over their whole oh, schedule gosh. to be virtual. And yeah. then they would come back the next day. We, there there was no way to keep track. No. no. Uh-uh. And we tried so hard to keep a running spreadsheet of this kid is out, this kid is doing this. And oh, I would have just like said. updating and well, uh, by semester we so were so, so yeah, we were so not caught up that Could it was been. not it was wow. not even worth it. And we yeah. every day um uh, yeah. <laughs> so thankful for my secretaries and attendance clerk because I'd be like, oh no, that kid's not here today because of this, and I'd be like, oh okay, thank you, thank you, because kind of keeping our sanity. Know. We had no clue. No. Um, Wow. So that was a little bit different. We had a lot of kids who were virtual. Right. Um, but I think had our district not had the face-to-face option, we would be in a, and for everybody, not just percentages, um, we would be in a much, much worse spot than we academically, emotionally, socially, everything. Um, and so this year we are we don't have a virtual option. It is you are back face to face. This trip like to didn't no. work. Mm-mm. Didn't really work. And so we I think are seeing the first ripple effect of what shutting down schools for an elongated time leads to. Oh, yeah. And um, I think people while schools were shut down realized oh school is so much more than school. It's where my kids learn how to be friends and how to. Um, you know, do have appropriate social right. skills and interact appropriately right. with adults and children. Well, I think this is the real aha moment for a lot of people thinking they know what teaching is. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes you don't even get to the instructional piece no. in that day because you're so many important issues that you've touched on that classroom teachers deal with whether they're really trained or not, yes. but in order, I mean, if a kid's life is in danger, that takes precedent over Absolutely. conjugating verbs in my class. Mm-hmm. And so parents, I think, well, I hope, I think the majority have a greater appreciation for what the classroom teacher 
does for their child. Yeah, and yeah. what school does for them, Absolutely. feeding them, oh, housing yeah, them, yeah, taking yeah. care of them. You think of the safety of some of those very and, uh, abusive homes. I was yes, yeah, abusive um, and always starving. Oh yes, and we are now seeing so many children who have lost a loved one um, through COVID or some other means, um, you know, and so it has to be dealt with. Yeah, it does. And they, they don't, a lot of them, it's their first experience with death and it's hard and they don't understand and they don't know. And um, a lot of times their parents in this, in the population that I serve, their parents are very young, and a lot of times it's their first time dealing with de- death, and they don't know how to deal with it, and no. how to help their kid deal with it. Yeah. And so we've seen a huge increase in anxiety, um, which comes from being locked in a house for months oh, yeah. on end. You can't yeah. go anywhere, and now you have to go out in, in society, and people have to look at you and see you. And <laughs> What is this? You don't want them to look at you because... You know, you have the option to turn your camera off on the uh, on the Zoom class, and yeah. so yeah, that was real fun. Yeah, yeah you have the to volume. Be, you turn your volume. <laughs> you have to be in front of people, and yeah, how do we do that? You yeah. know, and especially right. at the most vulnerable age, it's a bad age. of adolescence, middle school. It's the worst. It's that. awful already. It is, and it's they so <laughs> now yeah. they have to yeah relearn how to like the last time they were in school. A lot of them normally was like third and fourth grade and we're seeing third and fourth grade behaviors in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So it's, yeah. And and I think that people didn't under, they knew there would be some academic decline, but I don't think they really understood the the social, social emotional Mm -hmm. decline that Mm -hmm. those kids saw. Yeah. Which directly relates to their academic abilities because the last time they had real, like, good and I'm our teachers work so hard I can't even say this enough like they work so hard and I couldn't imagine being in the classroom right now nor I and I am retired in 2018 thank you Jesus because who saw that coming you know daily by the things that they are able to do plus care for these babies that we care for every day especially in the population that we serve um And it's taking a toll. It's, I mean, that's, you touched on it. You said teachers who are not necessarily trained to handle these things in the classroom are being counselors and yes, they are trying to talk kids off the ledge. Anxiety anxiety attacks all over the place. You know, I think this one's on substances and I think this one is uh, being abusive, you know, the adolescent relationship. We got to stop that before that. Yeah. I was, I was talking, someone said something about the classroom. What's so hard about it. And I said, uh, now what's so hard about it is that you have, obviously we've mainstreamed a lot of kiddos. Um, there's good and bad with that. I'll just go on and say there's, it's not always good to mainstream some of these issues. Uh, I know it's financially, you know, better, but um, with the mainstreaming in a general classroom, you're, and I'll just say it, sometimes you've got 30 plus kiddos. It depends on the level you're teaching. You're definitely going to have about seven who are identified special ed in some way. Uh, then you're going to have some 504s. And then, and then my favorite was when we had these little codes was um, other impairment. 
which meant it may not have been cognitive. It might have been, you know, emotional, you know, anger issues. So when you put all that together in one classroom, if you think that normal instruction can go on a day-to-day basis, you're absolutely nuts because first you have to manage that population and that in itself can be impossible because I've lived it. And then once you get everybody's behaviors and triggers all calmed and down, then you can start the lesson. And then from there, their academic levels are so. So I mean, I said that that's the hardest thing. On a good day, you might get to teach your subject matter because you're now teaching that's not an appropriate response, that's not how we, you know, do this. And it really uh, hits the nail on the head on what's happening. Uh, right. Especially like personally and like in my own experience right now right. with some of the students that we have we are not teaching, we're managing behaviors. And Absolutely. we aren't able to manage behaviors because the students don't have the proper coping skills or, you know, they, they don't, don't know. Pencils. Yeah, they don't know any. They don't know what to do. Yes. And I'll just step up on my soapbox here. Counselors aren't being used appropriately. No. We are and they really doing haven't 504s, SSTs, LPACs, testing. Right. right. And all of that paperwork comes with deadlines for compliance, and yes. we'll choose the student every single time. As you should. Yes. And take the hit. Absolutely. And I, yeah, you can send me your emails with your caps locks and your red underlined mm-hmm. letters, but I spend hours a day. I can't even tell you, me and my coworkers, I have two other counselors and we're grade level split, right. and we spend hours a day doing suicide assessments, Absolutely. and we will never, ever, ever leave that student to no. do something oh, for compliance. No, no, no. And if we're in a required training and we get a call, right. we will leave to go to that student. Like right. it's what's appropriate, but we are also, right. um, you know, we're not able to help our staff because no, you're we're so bogged down that. under right. all this paperwork. And True. then they're like, well, we don't know what to do with this kid. And we right. are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're just, you know, we're not diagnosticians. We're not clinicians. No. We don't do all of those things. We don't do long-term therapy counseling. We're not no. therapists. Uh-uh. We do what we can as like triage. I always say we're kind of triage and then we refer out to the appropriate resources. That's a right way to put um, it. But we are, I mean, seeing a huge, huge increase in the behaviors, suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, um, because they don't know how to properly manage and appropriately manage their emotions. That's true. And I think social media is is part to blame Mm -hmm. because they see horrible, horrible shows. There's a a meme that goes around on um, horrible behavior. And I think that's okay. Yeah. This meme goes around and it says like, if what's one thing that teenagers need today? And my answer is always less access. Absolutely. They need less access to social media, less access to electronics, less access to instant gratification Uh because it rolls over into, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. Can you wait five minutes so we can get this instruction done? No, I got to go now. So I'm walking out. Yeah. You're like, okay. Yes. And then we get the mad mama who calls because my child's going to get a bladder infection because you're not letting them go to the bathroom. That used to drive me crazy. And I said, I have never once had one child pee on the floor in my classroom ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I had those same issues. Right. And half of them yeah. refused to go to the bathroom. bathroom. School. They just need a <laughs> break that's to an walk issue. the hall. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's fine. But right. can you give me five minutes yeah. and then I will let you go. Right. Or can you do two problems and then... Yeah. I was forever saying, can you hold just one second? I'm going to finish this line. And most of the time they'd say, okay, but sometimes they would, you know, kind of shake their head. I used to tell my kids, um, I don't know, in counseling, <laughs> it, it won't work for you, but I'm at my door. This is the time to come up and say, here's what's going on in my life. Give me a heads up. <laughs> so that if you're expecting a phone call because someone was in a tragic accident and you're in the hospital and you will just put your little finger up and I'll say, yes, you may step out in the hole. But I said, if you don't give me a heads up, the answer is going to be no. Yeah. So I said, you have a real opportunity here to let me know what's going this on. This is what, when students don't communicate with their teachers, yes. it ends up in a walkout of some sort. Yes. And then I'm roaming the halls looking, looking for, for child. the child. I right. find them and they're like, well, I just really needed to tell my mom that, you know, something happened and I needed them to come bring me new pants. I, or, yeah. And we get know, that. Yeah. We just didn't know. Or I felt sick this morning and I just... My teacher wouldn't leave me alone because I put my head down, and oh, yeah. then I got mad and blew up, and I had to walk out. Yeah. And my answer is always, well, have you tried telling your teacher what's going Where on? Where you are? Yeah. No, she's not going to listen. I said, oh. I bet if you, yeah. at the beginning of class, when you're walking in, just say, hey, Miss Stanford, I really don't feel good today. Right. I had a really rough night. Like, yeah. I'm going to try to pay attention, but, like, I just really don't feel good. Right. I bet you I appreciate that knowledge. I give you a little yes. bit of leniency. I tell Absolutely. mom to have a little bit of effort. Just a right. little. Even if it just looks like you're trying. It goes a long way. Really a long way. Really long or way. just a, a word about, you know, you know, Senora, I, I, I probably didn't look like I was working in class, but here's why. And I, I just tell them up front, you know, at the beginning of the year, life happens to all of us. A lot of times they think that because they're a student, they can't have these issues. You know yeah. what I mean? And I said, so if you'll just tell me what's going on, I'll do my best to help you with your situation. I said, I'll be honest. Every now and then I may have to say no, and I'll tell you why, and we'll try to find another way. But I said, you know, I really am here to help you. Yeah. I have bad days, you know, so I understand that. So, I mean, if we could ever get them comfortable doing that, I think that would. That's, I think that's that the hard be. part um, in the classroom is, you know, if you're yeah. in, a, in a middle school or high school, you potentially have 180, maybe more than that oh, kids yeah. every day. Yeah. Well, out of 180 kids, you're bound to run into a few who are not having a great day. Oh, absolutely. You're one person. Maybe you don't have that many bad days, but out of 180, you know, a few of them yeah. every day are probably not having the greatest day. And so it's hard when you have kids having bad days every day. Yeah. But it is tiring. They are. Yeah. I tell this is. I but you know, they them. come from some horrendous situations. Oh, yeah. I'm amazed they even make it. Yeah. That's what we're last there. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. And that's, I just remind teachers all the time and the students, you know, your brain is not fully formed until yeah. you were 25. That's right. Rational thinking isn't there, but you do know right from wrong. Yes. <laughs> and you can ask. when we make wrong choices, yes. it's okay to make mistakes, but you have to learn from them and make the next right choice. Exactly. That's all we're asking for. We're never asking for, 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 for right. perfection. Right. Never. Right. We fully expect you to do wow. stupid things. Wow. And it's yes. okay. We're we just have that. to 
fix it and move on. Right. And that's teachers uh-huh. all the time are like, oh yeah, I've, like they're not adults. They act like adults. These kids want to be adults so bad. Oh, they look like it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have. And yeah. they just, they're that's not. Smart. Like no. sixth graders, they're 11. 11. 11. People forget that because they don't look 11. No, they don't act like what I looked 11. like when I was 11. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Not at wow. All. all right. Well, I just, I just want to say how much I appreciate the job you're doing, how impossible it is to do. And, and I hope you, you know, counseling seems to be your niche, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, someone comes up and says, Hey, I think I want to be a teacher. What do you say? Okay. Let's, you know, like, that's great. We need more good teachers. <laughs> we do. I do find myself going, Oh, are you yeah, sure like, you want to do that? If, you know, it used to be a thing where you'd say, Oh, great. Come on in. But now it's like, I feel like I need to be honest with you. I mean, Great profession, lots of rewards, but... Uh, yeah, I just think that a lot of people need real-life experiences. Yes. Because you could be doing student teaching in the most affluent school in, in, the, your, area. in the area, and then you end up in a school to actually teach that is in one of the poorest right. areas with the roughest kids. And that's different. And it's very different because yeah. you're doing a lot of different teaching. Yes. And on a good day, you get your subject matter. There you go. There you go. Well, I want to thank you so much for doing this and uh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so if you have any questions for me or for Megan, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook or chihuahuabat.com. And as I like to say, dare to be a Chihuahua bat.